G'day gang, Simo and Ed back for another episode of the Fast Line Track Growth Program, where we talk about all things karting and business. So today, what's the topic for today, Ed? So we're going to run into a couple of videos here, I think, but we're going to talk today about reasons why your customers are leaving your track. Interesting. Yeah, it's a biggie. And then I think we'll also talk a bit about ways to retain them, so that'll be useful as well. But it is interesting because it costs a lot of money to get somebody to turn up to your track, even if you don't understand what that costs you per customer which is a really cool figure to have, by the way. But even if you don't know that, there is still a cost to getting them to turn up. And then there was a survey done, and I forget who did it, but I, I know the figure well, but it's 81% of people that leave any type of business and have no intention of returning have admitted that they could be pulled back around. So uh, yeah. if you're gonna spend a lot of money on marketing, mm. uh, it's cost a fortune to get them there. It's far, far cheaper to go and get somebody's experienced your go-kart mm. track to return as a customer than it is to go for new customers. Absolutely. And this will have a massive impact on your bottom line if you get this right. And we'll go into a few bits and pieces, but we'll start off with explaining why they leave, or just mm. five reasons why they leave. These, a lot of these have 10 in them, don't they? I don't know yeah. why, because we literally do just sit and have a conflab before we put some stuff together. There's always 10 things that we come up with. So five reasons why they leave your business, five ways to retain them. Brilliant, all right. Let's dive straight in then. Okay, so we're gonna look at the reasons customers leave and don't come back. Yeah, yeah, that's the first Okay, all right. So the first one is, your track just doesn't meet their expectations. Yeah, I get that, you know. Uh, this could be a biggie. I think a lot of people, uh, before they come to your go-kart track, they don't quite know what to expect normally. Mm. We had a couple of really good videos put into the mechanics group yesterday. And one of those was a fantastic video because the track up there in Lincoln in the UK had got a drone coming in through the, the car park to the front entrance so the customer knows where reception is. And then it flew in and it went and it showed you um, quite a bit of the track, just enough so it could whet the appetite, mm. but give you a pretty good feel for what was gonna go on. And then it did a quick sort of spin around the, the circuit and back out. It was like a one, one, one and a half minute video. So if somebody sees that and they book on, they've got a pretty good idea of what they're gonna, you know, what they've just paid into. Mm. So nobody's gonna be disappointed. So the first thing is getting across what's in their head, first of all, and giving them the reality. And then the second thing around this is, what are you doing or not doing that is coming as a shock or a surprise to the customers? Mm. I mean, what, what do you think? If a customer hasn't been to a go-kart track before, what sort of expectations do you think that they will have? Yeah, I don't know really. The, uh, I, there was a moment for me the last time I went go-karting, and it's probably changed because it was pre-COVID, but they literally just handed out the gloves trackside from a big box of sweaty yeah. gloves. And and every single person there was like, like mm. they just they smelled a bit, and it was everybody was like taken aback a little bit. A couple of the ladies in the group were like, oh, I've got to put my hands in there. And I just think if you've got moments in your track, if you're really looking at your customers from their perspective, mm. Their expectations might have been, I'll be handed a packet of gloves. Did that um, track, when you booked on, not explain what was happening and offer to sell you your own personal pair of gloves? 
do you know? I don't know. I'm going to say no. Well, the reason I don't know is because I didn't end up. I guess threw that at somebody yeah. to book it for me. So I just think, can you just sort that out? I think mm. you know. And actually, there was two that we could have gone to. There's mm. no differentiator between two tracks. So just find out if they've got some time and book us into one of those. I don't think they came back. The person that booked it for us would have mm. normally said. Right, because we're, I, I mean, when when you arrive at that track you went to, uh -huh. I know that they do stuff plus. Oh, do they? Yes. <laughs> there was no indication anywhere that we should even think about buying gloves. I remember the, the iPad I used to, to log in on mm. as well was all smudged. <laughs> There's all fingerprints mm. all over it. Mm. There was nobody in the reception area. So actually, it's a really good example of, I mean, it was all, it was okay. Mm. Uh, I haven't rushed back there, so perhaps it wasn't okay for the track, but it was okay mm. for us. But when I went in there, there was nobody on reception. It wasn't like we were like way, way early. It, there was like, we're probably 15 minutes before we were sort of due to be there. Nobody in reception. Fingerprints all over the iPad. Mm. The gloves we got there, trackside, all mm. the music's blaring. Um, couldn't quite work out how to put the helmets on for a second mm. or two. Like you're trying to give out safety instructions mm. on the helmet. So there was just a lot to sort of deal with there. Yeah. And the marshals obviously were very mm. competent, and they were. And they were friendly once you got mm. talking to them. But catching their attention, doing all the rest, it wasn't quite what we expected when we turned up. Right. Perhaps that's probably why I haven't gone back. <laughs> <laughs> that and the fact that you can't remember where you went. Well, I remember where I went, but I don't remember the name no. of the track. And, like, and that is just like a cardinal sin for mm. them. I should be shouting about mm. them for all the right reasons. Right. Second reason customers don't come back. Yeah. You're just not engaging enough with them. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's it's all about an experience, isn't it? You, yeah, yeah. You, you're not just going there for a whiz around the track. Yeah, yeah. Right. You were going there for a bit of fun yeah. and you wanted your customers to get talking amongst themselves. Yeah, yeah. And it's been hard to do that when you've got music blaring. <laughs> well, there was three key areas mm. that I can think of immediately where they're possibly three and a half, um, where they really let mm. themselves down. One is nobody in reception. Yeah. Right, so you, you, there's your first impression. Mm. So you left us to make our first impression. Mm. They're all business owners. And they were yep. like, what do you mean? There's, like, everybody was like, there's nobody in reception. They pick up on this stuff. Mm. So, so that was a major one. Second one, loud music. Mm. So even when you're trackside and you're trying to get the helmet sorted, I don't, want, I don't know what bloody helmet size I am. How do I get the strap working? And, and they're trying to shout over how to do that. That was like a bit of a no-no. Um, and the third one was the bar was unattended. Yeah, I mean, that, that is, that's very atypical. You, you know, quite often you walk into a go-kart track and there is no one in reception there yeah. should be someone in reception all the time you know and and if they're not busy greeting guests they can be cleaning those ipads <laughs> absolutely <laughs> you know the bar yeah it depends where it is in the venue and that venue it was it, it's it's not in the reception area um quite a lot of places it's in the reception area so it's easy to okay man to man both. both yeah and yeah the music you know. But we were, we'd got there, been, um, some of them had travelled quite a way to be with me as mm. well. And, you know, we'd rushed in there thinking we'd just go and get a drink before we got mm. on the track. They're all there. I know you're not allowed alcohol before you go out, but mm. they'd have all had a soft drink. Mm. I was there with my credit card waiting to go and spend a small fortune. Mm. It didn't happen. But there was nobody to engage. 
So we're quite happy as a group ourselves. Mm. But again, you've just left it down to us to decide what sort of experience we're about to have and not just been there guiding them through to the experience mm. you would like them to, to yeah. understand as a result of being at your go-kart track. So we got, no, this is why I can't remember their name. I had no engagement with them. I've spent a small fortune with them. There's nobody mm. there. I spent half my time shouting to some guy I don't even know the name of, which is crazy. Number three. Number three, you're not showing value. No. So you, you don't price sensitive customers, but I think you just, they need to feel like that they're being looked after. There'll be, in my head, there's one key area for retail or anybody's customer facing B2C, and that is female toilets. If you get them right, then you're onto a window mm. because my wife, ladies, you'll hear them talk mm. and say, the toilets are lovely in here, and it's like a big surprise yeah. to them. Yeah, yeah, right. and they're usually not. Yeah, that's right, and they, they are usually bad, but for a one-off expenditure, mm. CapEx spend in your track, if you really got that sorted, well, that will go a long way to them being happier mm. about turning up there, and uh, that goes such a long way. And then the other place, the other area then, is a really decent cup of coffee. <laughs> I can remember, I can remember when I, I first came to this country and started going around visiting tracks, right? The first day was yeah. a nightmare. I'm getting dishwater tea, dishwater coffee. Oh. And it was sort of like, if we wanted a coffee, we would stop yeah. at Acosta um, before going to the track. I wouldn't even get to Costa. You, you, you know, <laughs> the well, coffee shops are available. <laughs> <laughs> but they're usually in a service station. And, yeah, so it was like I always I, I got into a habit of refusing coffee yeah. until I spied the machine. You know, if I spied a nice machine, then generally they've probably got decent beans. But toilets is another one. I always check out toilets. In fact, I, I still remember I was in Florida yeah. with Mikel one day. Yeah, yeah. And I've gone to the toilet of this go-kart track. And, and I've come back and said, Mikel, Mikel, gotta come and see this. <laughs> this is the best toilet I've ever seen in the go-kart track. I mean, it had those, you know, those Dyson things where you put your hand underneath and, 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 it, and the water goes and, yeah. and the soap's there too. Yeah. And then it's got those motorcycle helmets, handles out the side where you can dry it. Really? It was so cool. Like, you know. But, and, and this, and the rest of that venue is really understated. But the toilets were... Immaculate. It's a relatively mm. well. There's a there's a cost to it, isn't there? But mm. in real terms, in terms of revenue that could be generated from a track, it's a, it's a one-off expenditure. Mm. It goes such a long way, wouldn't it? Mm. But crack it and get the right coffee as well. People mm. will turn up if you get your coffee right. Especially if you've got mums bringing their kids down. Yeah, yeah. They're going to want coffee. Yeah, and if it's a really nice coffee, mm. and they go to their mate, oh, should we go? That coffee's mm. fantastic at the mm. go kart track. I think we can mm. go in even without racing. Mm. Just get them coming in there and sitting down and getting used to the environment and saying the toilets are great, the coffee's great. You're but, so close to getting them to just actually get bum on seat in cars and go and have a race around the track. That particular market, um, I mean the um, mums. Now, it's not always the kids driving the, the activity decision. <laughs> really? No, 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 no. The mums can be there. So, 
Yes. You know, because they want to have a gas bag. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they want a nice environment and also, you know, a nice beverage. Yeah, yeah. So if the local laser tag place or the trampoline place or, or you know, has nice coffee, where are they going to be nudging their kids towards? Yeah, absolutely. You know? Uh, specifically for a lot of parties, mm. I think mum quite often is the one that will have final say in where you're going and, mm. and, and will be quite often the one that's organising payments. Mm. Mm. So, so, so important. Yep. Fourth one. Your competitors are just better at this. Mm. Now, we say this a lot, so I'm going to repeat now. Uh, hopefully, you're getting sick of this because you need to understand this mm. as a go-kart track owner. Your competitors mm. aren't at the go-kart tracks. Right? No. But your competitors might be doing something. The classic is the new pub or the new restaurant opens up near you. Their opening night is normally packed. The first few months, packed. The first year in business, pubs, restaurants mm. typically have a lot of clientele and footfall. And then what happens is another pub or restaurant opens. And a new flavour of the month. And everybody should yeah. try. Yeah. And they just and they move around. So understanding that competitors probably isn't another go-kart track. There's nobody mm. close enough to you to impact to that degree. Your competitors are anywhere they go and spend their money. But mm. are they doing stuff that's just better than you? So if the new restaurant's open, then they'll have the experience that the Queen of England has. Mm. They turn up, all the carpet's lovely, everywhere smells of fresh paint. Mm. <laughs> Everybody's like bright and breezy and they're doing their best to entertain. Mm. Um, so they get absolutely fantastic service. So your competitors might be just doing stuff that you've got to sort of get on top of, understand, and then like work back into your system. Mm. Probably do a bit on that in the second I, I, I mean, I, I had an experience the other day. I'm off to a conference at the end of this month. Okay. Right, and I booked a hotel. Yep. Uh, I didn't book it with the hotel directly. I booked it through Expedia. Okay. Right? And oh, yeah. a couple of days later, I got an email from the hotel's business development manager. Yeah, yeah. Sort of welcoming me aboard and offering any sort of services he could provide whilst I, whilst I was there. Now I've just gone, wow. Do you know, I don't remember any other hotel ever doing that. Yeah. So it stands out, and so now I've got quite high expectations for that place. <laughs> <laughs> this is because I'm stopping over here tonight and the hotel's written out to me and mm. they've offered me an app and all sorts. And it, they've offered all sorts of different bits and pieces, but all I said was, mm. I just don't want to pay for parking. And I've, I've emailed them back, they haven't come mm. back to me. I don't know whether I'm paying for parking or not. It's just a bugbear of mine. Mm. If you know that a 24-hour ticket in, a, I know they've got separate parking facilities at a lot of hotels, mm. that they do in the UK anyway. If you know it's going to cost eight, 12 pounds, I don't care what the price is. Mm. Just, you put it into the price of the, like my stay, yeah. You sort that out with the people that you're obviously getting <coughs> mm -hmm. business with from your parking facility. Don't leave me as a customer. It's a friction point, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm like, why am I sorting parking out when mm. I'm stopping at your hotel and that's your car park? They're like, oh, we don't own it. I don't care. Like, my experience is here. That's the car park you directed me to. So you sort it out. They haven't told me whether I'm paying tonight or not, so we'll see. So that, that hotel we stayed in Guildford was like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. They, they, they just said, yeah, yeah, just go and park here. Here's the 
here's your key, you'll get in with your key. You know, and that car park wasn't run by them. That's right, they but sorted it, all, it all out, didn't they? It was all sorted out. That was a lovely hotel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really good. They did a lot of things correctly, didn't they? Mm. They were just really mm. good. We can ramble on for mm. ages, let's not. Yeah. <laughs> Number five. Yeah, you offer poor customer service. So we've been hinting at this all the way through mm. everything, actually. But for me, and this is a personal thing, mm. so, but for me, getting the right vocabulary, terminology, grammar, and I don't need you to speak uh, Queen's English. No. I just need you to communicate really effectively where you're just looking after the customer. Mm. I mean, you, this is this is an area that you are quite picky on, the vocabulary you use. And that subtle change of a word mm. in a sentence can make a totally different yeah, yeah. result. And, well, subconsciously, because your body picks up on mm. it. And I've seen businesses turn mm. around just by changing the words they use. Mm. Words do work like magic. If you've got a sales team, you'll know this. Mm. And the difference often between mm. one salesperson and another, if they're doing the same amount of activity, bringing out very different results, it's the words and the combinations that they use it in. Mm. And really good sales is really good customer service as well. So for anybody that's come to your track, <laughs> like the wording mm. they use matters deeply. Yeah. So it's not, don't worry, I'll go and get you a helmet. Because mm. we don't want to talk about worry, and we don't mm. want to use the word don't. Mm. It's like, um, hey, I can sort that for you. Mm. I'm just going to walk over there. Um, it'll take me a couple of minutes normally, but I'm going to try and be a little bit quicker than that for you. Mm. Just gives you a nice warm, fuzzy feeling. Mm. And if you've got restaurants, coffee shops, or wherever you hang out, and you've got people that you walk in and you sort of really like that place, but you can't quite put your finger on why, have a listen to the way they speak with you. Mm. Quite often you'll hear lots of positive phrases. They'll very, use very little negative conversation. The no's, the don'ts, the do nots. They talk very positively mm. about what they'll do. There's no, hang on, I'll sort mm. that for you. Hang mm. on, what does that mean? Mm. Just just being the positive. Yeah. I'll sort that for you. You don't need to worry about that. Mm. Uh, we will re resolve that. It's the classic. And I've seen this in a well-known clown-based brand burger joint <laughs> um, and I was sitting there one day and I remember this guy he picked up his tray mm. turned round mm. and as he turned around I just saw this sort of like a large coke or whatever go mm. flying straight off the top of the tray mm. hit the deck it's gone absolutely everywhere and that was embarrassing for him but he mm. handled it alright but I was sitting there watching and one girl walks out from around the counter and put out a couple of signs. Yes. And another girl walked out from behind the counter probably 20, 30 seconds later mm. and gave him a replacement drink. And he said, oh, how much do I owe you for that? And I could hear her. She, I'll never forget. She turned around and she said, oh, don't worry. It just seems like the right thing to do. <laughs> I was like, hmm, I wonder if she wants to come and work for me. Because <laughs> if she's doing that... I don't know if she was trained to do it, but if she's doing that off her own back, she can come and work for me, and I will take that talent, and she can come and make me a small fortune. <laughs> Disney does similar things. It's sort of like, you know, someone drops an ice cream. Yeah, yeah. First person's there to, you know, work on the health and safety and clean that up. Yeah. And the second person is shortly behind them offering that kid a free ice cream. ice cream. Yeah, yeah. And how great do they feel? Mm. What does ice cream cost? Yeah. 
It's pennies in the mm. pound, cents mm. in the dollar. Yeah. So just for the sake of doing something really proactive and positive, that customer experience is just massively enhanced. Mm. So start to really think about what's happening at your track, the words that are used. The kid maybe that just doesn't quite get it and is a bit sort of woven away and a bit street and, mm. and all, wants to be really cool. Well, that's great. I'm not going to have your customer facing. Mm. You go and marshal right at the other end of the track <laughs> while I mm. get everybody who gets it and doesn't mind being a bit mm. subservient almost, but just looking out for customers. Mm. I'll get them customer facing mm. because if I nail customer experience, I know that very few people will leave my track like in terms of thinking mm. I'm never going there again. Well, they'd be much, much happier to come back when I reach out and talk to them and go, hey, do you fancy coming and have another like, mm. triads at the track? Let's yep. hope they're all going, yes, please. And I'm reducing my marketing costs hugely and seeing that reflects my personal bank account. Right. Well, there you go. There are five reasons why customers could be leaving your business, leaving your track and not coming back. Mm -hmm. Next week, we're going to give you five strategies or ways to retain those customers. Yeah. So let's not lose them in the first place, eh? Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That'll work a lot better. All right, guys. It's goodbye from me. Till the next time. See you next week. See you in a bit. Bye.